Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we're we're doing a good movie. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're doing a good romance. You know, we it's really hard to follow a month of JLo. So sometimes the best way to follow that is by doing a nice, fun 90s rom-com. And that rom-com is Double Happiness from 1994. Directed by Mina Shum and made in Canada. It's a it's a Canada film. It takes place in Canada. We love Canada. We love Canada. And you know, as I was watching this, I was thinking we really haven't covered that many films that were made in Canada. The only one that I remembered off the top of my head was that one where there's like a himbo and a lot of land. Do you know the one I'm talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, we did that one, but doesn't doesn't like Little Italy also take place in Canada? Oh yeah, you're totally right. Okay. So we yeah. have at least three Canada movies off the top of our head. I'm sure a few more of the movies that we've covered took place there, but I was kind of surprised thinking to myself cuz you know, Canada makes a lot of movies and we have covered a lot of movies. So it's funny that we've only really dipped our feet into the pool of Canada to a certain extent. But this is another dip. Well, like Canadian independent film, which is like a pet love of mine, because like, you know, I'm trying to learn as much as I can about it. But because their indie movies don't necessarily travel, you always kind of need to look a little deeper yeah to search and then it's harder to know if it's actually going to fit for our podcast if we don't already have context for it because like like this one is technically good enough it doesn't fit as bad romance but it does fit in the general arc of the podcast like I I was like looking I don't even know how I pulled this one out I was just like looking at movies and was like oh we haven't covered this this looks really cute it has young Sandra Oh it's her it's her first film role and what a debut she's so great in this she's so good she has such range like it's clear that she came out of the gate with a lot of talent and a lot of skill and you know as we all know she has just continued to display that (laughs) as, as she gets more opportunities She's wonderful. She's an icon. She's perfect. I watched Sideways recently, which was made like almost exactly 10 years after this. And she is the best part of Sideways far and away. Yeah, I mean, Sandra Oh just knows how to, she has great screen presence and she knows how to make it look really natural. Like she can command the screen in a way that still has a lot of subtlety. And I feel like, especially for this being her first, I feel like for this being her first film role and her first protagonist role, that's really impressive. Yeah, yeah. And her love interest, who's played by Callum Keith Rennie, this isn't like his, this is his, basically his first movie. Like he did like short films before this. So we've got two newbies and they're so natural on screen together. They have really good chemistry and, like, I love the way that Sandra O oh flirts in this movie. Like, it's just, it's so natural yes. and it's so understated. And so much of it is, like, her facial expressions and kind of, like, how she moves her shoulders. Like, it's, it's a masterclass. 
It really is because, you know, this is something we talk about a lot on the podcast is how many movies fail at this. They fail at what what flirting actually is. Like too many movies either make it people being antagonistic with no actual flirtation and it's the whole not even enemies to lovers. It's just like these characters are mean to each other, but then they'll like each other. Or it's like this corny over the top flirting that rarely happens in real life. Like, there's more subtlety to flirting. And Sandra O oh really captures how people actually flirt. Like, she's, you know, she's got, like, the wink, but she's not showing all her cards. Yeah, she's so, so much of her journey in this film is internal. And, you know, there are so many movies about, like, a woman who realizes that her life isn't what she wants and that she wants to make a change, but it's usually the emotion is usually so much bigger and it's so much more like, you know, like I'm coming out. I want the world to know. Like, it's like usually just like this like big thing. And it like involves like new clothes and like people clapping. And for this, it's just her making an internal decision and sticking to it. Yeah. And yeah, I I really liked that because I think it's hard to pull off the balance of it being internal and us really feeling like we're with her on it, like as she figures out what she actually wants. And I don't know, I don't know if that lies more with the writing or the acting, but both of them are working for me when it comes to Sandra O oh really realizing the ways that she wants different things than her parents want for her. She wants different things than her parents would have imagined for her. How do her career goals fit in with the ideals of romance? And there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. Oh, my God. And her career conflict is some of the most, like, interesting for me. It's like she's dealing with this two-pronged issue of having to do with stereotypical Asian roles and not being wanted for certain roles, like other kinds of Asianness being considered like more attractive and more interesting and then there's that final role that she almost gets that's like a completely different situation because the whole movie she worries it's not even like it's something that she like voices but it seems like it's like what if like being Chinese and Chinese values are holding her back and then that final role It's like, she's not Chinese enough. And that's just so devastating. Yeah, yeah, because she's dealt... Because, like, I I love that her character is an actress and this is her first movie. I love that. There's such a meta aspect, especially when her character talks about what she wants for the future. I felt so happy because I got to say, Sandra, you you did it. (laughs) You and the character did it. But... Yeah, in this movie, she's facing all of these stereotypes and just like a dearth of roles. And she'll go in and they'll be like, actually, I remember at one point, one of the casting directors said, actually, we were looking for someone who's Filipino. And it's like, they just wasted her time. Like, why did you bring her in then? And then the casting director who really likes her is like, you know what, you are really talented. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's not a lot of roles, but there's this director from Hong Kong who is coming here and she wants really well-trained Chinese actors And Sandra's like, oh, you know, perfect. And so it feels like this is finally going to be her opportunity. And then when when the director comes, the director is like already kind of 
you know, cynical about actually finding the talent that she wants. And they speak a little bit in Cantonese. And so the director is warming up and like, okay, let's see what you got. And then Sandra Oh finds out that the whole script is in Cantonese. And like, she speaks Cantonese, but not, not fluently and comfortably enough to do a whole job where it's all in Cantonese. And the casting director, who isn't Chinese, doesn't, didn't tell her any of this, didn't warn her, and kind of assumed. So there's this like double, there's this double thing where like the casting director is like, okay, well, you're of Chinese descent, so obviously you'll be fine. Why would I need to tell you this? And then the woman from Hong Kong is like, oh, well, you're not Chinese enough. And then she just has to leave that audition and go back to her parents who don't, you know, one of the big conflicts is like her parents don't want her to act. Like they don't believe she can make it. And it just seems really irresponsible and naive to them. And I love her relationship with her younger sister. It's so cute. Oh, yes. Sandra's character's name is Jade and her sister's name is Pearl. And yeah. it's so cute. Yeah, yeah all the scenes with Jade and Pearl are so great because it's like a real it feels like a real sister relationship it feels like they love each other it really does and like pearl totally is rooting for her and will like ask quietly about you know are do you have more auditions how did it go and and it's like pearl understands that jade isn't really getting support from anyone else about this and so they have this like really sweet sister relationship and of course they tease each other and everything you know it's not like all saccharine but it's obvious that they both are trying to navigate how they identify themselves in the world just as individuals, but then also with being first generation. And because Jade's character is older, she's obviously far farther along, but they have so many interesting conversations where like that conversation where Pearl is asking her about a dating Chinese guy. She's like, so are Chinese guys cool? <laughs> <laughs> And, and I mean, so I'm just like, yeah, yeah, because it's like, I mean, I think for like, for her perspective, it's like she just hasn't met one that really like clicks for her, but she's still trying to be like optimistic for her sister. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's cool. Because like Jade, you know, one of the things that happens is, of course, she connects with Mark, played by Callum Keith Rennie, and that's a whole thing too because you know she's trying to act and then now she's seeing this white guy and she knows her parents aren't going to approve and she it's not she's not at a point where she's like I don't want to make my parents happy she does and that's the hardest thing for her is like she wants to be able to explore her career options and dating options without feeling like she's betraying her family and she doesn't have a thing against, like, she even goes on a date with a guy who, actually, I love that scene. <laughs> we'll get to that scene. Oh, my God. We have so much. Okay. So the basic setup is that Jade lives with her mom and dad and her little sister, Pearl, and she's trying to be an actress. And she also, you know, has a job at like a, I don't know what kind of clothing store that is. Is that like a secondhand shop or... Yeah, it seems like a consignment shop. And it's like an aunt or kind of family friend who owns it and wants her to take over the business eventually. Yeah. And she's got a friend named Lisa who is, you know, kind of like the friend that's trying to get her to rebel a little bit more. And she wants to just like go out with whoever 
she wants and do whatever she wants. And Jade kind of plays with the idea of living that kind of life too. But her family is very, it's interesting because it's not like, like the stereotypical rigid family. It's kind of like every, all of these women in the house are really, really sensitive to the needs of the dad. And he needs to feel like he's in control. He needs to feel like he is the master of the house. He needs to feel like he is successful. He's constantly looking at the penny stocks. He's waiting for their luck to change. And it's like, it's almost like the reality is, is that he's too fragile to deal with change. And so they have to kind of like stay still for him. Yeah, I think that's totally correct. Because Jade's mom, I love her. She's she's great. She wants her kids to be happy. And it's very clear that that is, at the end of the day, that is her biggest priority. So even though she doesn't overtly support Jade trying to act and she does say disparaging things... It's very clear that a lot of that is because she's trying to keep peace with the dad and she'll kind of like secretly be like, okay, Jade, you can go out on a date, you know, but you have to be back by this time. Like she's, she's trying to find her mom, much like Jade is trying to find a way to be herself and keep her family happy. Her mom is trying to find a way for her kids to still be able to be themselves without like breaking up the family ideals. And I think you're totally right about the dad. Cause in one conversation, The mom is just like, he is, I've lived with your dad for decades and he has never changed because Jade is like, well, maybe somebody needs to ask him to change. And the mom's just like, all right, good luck. (laughs) She's like, okay, hon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they don't want her to act. They obviously don't really want her to be with anyone white. And she, she sneaks out with her friend and they both tell their parents that they're like staying over at each other's houses, like, like a, like a high school, middle school thing. And they say, I love the little details. Like, Oh, we're watching Doris day videos. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea of a sleepover where you're watching Doris day videos. Like that's so adorable. (laughs) So they try to, they go to a club, Lisa gets in easily, and then Sandra, they're just like, oh, it's it's at capacity. Jade, um, the bouncer's like, it's at capacity, and so she has to stand outside, and Mark also can't get in, and so they're standing outside. I couldn't figure out for the life of me why she didn't get in. I wonder, like... Because I, I kept on making me think, is there some kind of, like, racism nuance that I'm not getting? So I was just, like, looking at her friend and looking at her. And it's that, is she too? I don't know. You know, I mean, her friend is dating a white guy who plays guitar. So I assume that her friend got in because her boyfriend, like, was on the list. That was kind of the assumption I made I still didn't understand why Jade didn't get in especially because it's not like her fashion didn't fit in like she's like wearing the leather jacket she's dressed for a club in the early 90s you know there's no like fish out of water kind of implication there so unless they are just specifically racist and they're like well this other friend can come in because she's obviously dating this white guy that we all know but it the movie doesn't really make it clear it kind of just makes it like oh you're not plugged in enough yeah, I really could I really couldn't figure it out. Like was it just like him like evaluating how she looked? Because like 
Mark doesn't get in either. It's so it's it, like what's the bouncer just like these are some dorks over here. Like I don't right? I really but like I I mean I guess like her dress but the leather jacket is over it. Like the leather jacket like pulls the entire look together. I don't get it. I don't uh, yeah, know. and she, like she's confidently sporting a haircut that's very much like on point fashion wise. I think that that element of that scene would have made a lot more sense if there was a line of people who didn't get in and it was just like, okay, this is actually at capacity, but it feels a little more confusing because it's just Jade and Mark. And then there's like two, the two like door guys are just kind of talking to each other. So it's like, okay, just these two people can't come in, but everyone else can fit. Really? <laughs> like, I feel like it's really like a nerd alert situation. Like, maybe they, I, I don't know. Well, and it's funny because then they clearly want to make Mark, like, he's supposed to be insecure, which I I believe his character could be insecure, but, like, he's supposed to be really dorky, but he's, like, super hot. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not saying he, you can't be dorky and hot, but the way he's dorky, I'm like, girls have liked you. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's like, maybe just like a kind of, maybe that kind of attractiveness hadn't caught on. We also like, don't know really what was cool in Canada. Like when I watch a movie set in Canada from the 90s, I'm just like, I don't know, like where culturally we're at here. (laughs) So I don't know what's supposed to be. Yeah, I would one day I would just want to ask Sandra oh so why so why didn't your character get in the club in that movie what was that about I would I would want to ask her too because yeah I was also culturally I was just kind of putting American trends in my like that's where my head was at because that's the context I have so even though I knew it was in Canada I was just like this seems like fitting for early 90s club culture like she seems like she's in it like she her character is very into music like we see a lot of scenes of her you know putting on uh putting on records and dancing and like listening in her car and like it's very contemporary and it seems like very much a part of her character is that she is she's into music one of her best friends Lisa you know she goes over they listen to music Lisa's into this guitar player so it, it's hard to believe that it would actually be a valid reason. But like you said, because her friend gets in and they don't really say anything to Sandra, we don't know if it's racism or just capacity. But the way that but they, Mark... But then they keep on letting other people in, though. Yeah, but then they're not letting Mark in. And he's like a blonde guy with glasses and a leather jacket. Like, he's like wearing the uniform, you know? Yeah, I don't... I truly don't know. So... They and then Mark doesn't think that she speaks English at first, which is just like it. Would I feel like it would be a more uncomfortable scene if Jade didn't find it to be really, really hilarious. Like from minute one, she's just like, "Oh, he doesn't think that I can speak English, so I'm just gonna stand here and laugh at him." Yeah, he's like his first line to her is he's it's so awkward. He's like. Um, do you have a man that is close to you that's not your dad? Like, what the fuck, bro? Like, obviously he's nervous, but like, what? And so she does the thing where you just kind of nod, you know, to indicate that you don't understand someone. And she just really plays into it. And then he's like, continuing to try. And he's like, yeah, I I just, you know, you're really cool. And like, he's just completely 
And then he gets worse. He like tells her that the clam chowder inside the club is bad. And he's like motioning. He's doing like motions of himself eating clam chowder. And it's just like, dude, if she, if she actually didn't understand you, this isn't going to help. <laughs> I feel like that's, this is something that English speakers specifically do where you just talk louder and it's like, it's and not- also just like do all of these like gestures that they think are specific, but like, but really aren't like aren't? the gesture no. of putting your hand to your mouth. No one's gonna be like, that's obviously soup. <laughs> like, unless you're doing like a spoon, maybe. But it's like just so funny because it's like if somebody doesn't understand a word, you saying it louder actually isn't gonna make them understand it. It's just weird and kind of condescending. So, anyways, she eventually breaks and kind of like trolls him, which is beautiful. And she's yeah. just like, wow, so why are you back here if the clam chowder is so bad? And then he's obviously humiliated because he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, she has understood me bombing at this interaction the whole time. And then she's just like, it's obvious. She's like, this guy's kind of cute. This is kind of a stupid situation. So I love it. She's just like, do you want to get out of here? She just cuts to it. Yeah, yeah. And they do. And they just like, do they go straight to his place? I think they do. I think they go. I mean, it feels implied that they like get a beer or something or whatever, but like they go to his place. And, and they yeah, have they, sex. Yeah. Yeah, they, they hook up and then she wakes up and she's just like, oh shit, gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Because, because, you know, and like it's the whole thing. I'm not like 100% sure how old she is supposed to be but she's definitely old enough to get a drink so like like early 20s but I just love this idea of being in your early 20s and being like oh no oh no my parents and then they're just like where did you sleep you didn't sleep in your own bed yeah yeah because she her car gets towed or something so like she can't even sneak back and her parents are like so she gets back and like her car has been towed and they're just like, where were you? And of course, she says she was with Lisa. And it's kind of implied that they don't believe her, but it also doesn't matter. Even if she was with Lisa, they're mad that she just like didn't communicate. And her dad like goes on a long thing about how he doesn't recognize her anymore and it's unsafe. And it's very much about his reputation, though. He's very much like, what will people think about me as a dad? How is this going to reflect on me? People think that I don't protect my daughters or that, you know. I run an unruly household and the mom is like trying to get the dad to chill out a little. She's like, okay, like, <laughs> like <let her. laughs> the mom's like, um, I'm going to give her some food. You can chill. <laughs> of course he doesn't chill, but the mom is just like, here, here's some food. Love. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love the mom. She's just like trying. She's like, she's almost like working behind the scenes. She's like, I'm going to smooth this whole thing out. I got it. I got it. Just give me a minute. <laughs> Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's she's totally just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the thing is like it's obvious that Jade enjoyed that night with Mark, but she doesn't really plan on contacting him. Like she's just like, okay, well, I got in trouble, that backfired, you know, I hooked up yeah. with a guy. Here yeah, here's a man who is not Chinese and got me in trouble. Like that's yeah. that's that's it's enough. Like, this is not worth me like trying to stay in touch. Yeah, it was. It, I was kind of like thinking about Lane Kim because like that's my big, that's like my big frame of reference for like even though that's a Korean character trying to like hide the fact that she 
wants to play in a band and likes white boys. <laughs> like, I think the Lane Kim prototype. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's also funny because Jade doesn't really tell Lisa about Mark because she has roasted Lisa for dating a white guy. So, but she roasted Lisa for dating a white guy because like at his apartment, he has all these random decorations that are like vaguely, it's like Kmart decorations that are vaguely Asian, but aren't actually linked to any specific country or so when they're at the apartment, Jade is roasting Lisa because she's like, this guy's obviously fetishy. Like he's got like all these lantern lamps and everything and like he only has sake like he's like mix and matching all these different like decorations that are vaguely supposed to be asian or foods and so yeah jade is kind of just like you know this dude is like fetishy and lisa's like who cares (laughs) like lisa lisa's just trying to get it in yeah lisa's like he's hot it's my life whatever so then when jade does have this moment with mark she's like she doesn't want to tell lisa because she doesn't want lisa to be like i told you so like who cares like look at you hypocrite (laughs) so that's like a funny thing too because lisa's like yeah how was your night what did you do and jade's very cagey about it yeah and she's got like these auditions at some point there's an audition where she just does it in her normal voice and then they're like do you want to do an accent and then I think she does like a French accent or something and they just like give her a look like girl what (laughs) I love that she does so many accents in this movie like she does a French accent she does like what sounds like it's supposed to be an American southern accent um and then and then in this audition where they're being racist she does do a chinese accent but like she wants to let him know like how bullshit it is and i love that and she's and good like, at these accents yeah i know she's fantastic she's so talented like there are these parts in the movie where there's like these little confessional moments it's not like a mockumentary or something but it's just like every once in a while a character will be in a room look directly at the camera and like tell a story and like her well her parents will tell stories and her sister will but she'll just like do full little like acting scenes yeah for us and it's so good it's so good like she's completely flexing but it completely works and I love it so much so then there's like this plot where their dad has an old friend who's coming to visit them and it's like his friend from Hong Kong and of course his the dad has kind of lied about their lives and you know is like said that he's more successful than he is and he's basically like to to the daughters it's like hey pearl and jade don't tell my friend about like your actual interests like don't talk about acting you know you need to brush up on your cantonese you need to like oh do... that's his brother right i thought that that was a friend that they called uncle oh but i could be wrong I mean, maybe. Yeah, it could have just been a friend, a friend, and it was just, like, they kind of, like, had, like, the the friend just kind of, what if the dad chilled out? That was kind of, like, his whole demeanor. Like, they were, like, mirrors of each other. Yeah, I loved, I loved that character, because he was so, like, yeah, I mean, I'm fine. Like, the dad, like, it's like, the dad is so worried about what everyone thinks, and everyone else is like, we just like to live. (laughs) like it's fine yeah I mean he's so he's so into like wanting to appear successful 
and he's so intense about it and i almost feel like it's kind of like a comedic irony kind of situation like as long as he's intense about it there's no way it's going to happen <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so like the family friend potentially actual uncle uncle figure comes to visit <laughs> and that adds this whole other layer of pressure as jade is figuring out what she wants because like she gets the rejection from that big audition with the director from hong kong she gets that rejection and that's like the last audition she has on her plate where she doesn't really know if she's going to get another audition for a long time and she's supposed to kind of present a different version of herself and this is when the family sets her up on a date with this uh, guy named andrew who is also like first generation i think he was also born in hong kong but you know growing up in canada and so it's very like hey he's the kind of guy you should date so um andrew's played by johnny ma and they make a whole production out of it. Like, they dress her up like like she's about to be in, like, a contemporary Ozu film or something. Like, she's got, like, just this nice white dress and her hair is, like, just so, and it's so, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's very, like, this is a tradition. Like, the way that we are going about this date is because our parents want us to do it. And their parents made them do this. I mean, there's a conversation Jade has with her mom where she's like, so did you date dad? Like, and, and her mom's like, no, we didn't even date. <laughs> she's like, we didn't even have that option. So her mom's kind of like, this is actually really progressive of us to let you go on a date with him. And so Jade arrives on the date and, you know, this is after, of course, she's ghosted Mark and they haven't seen each other since, but she's still kind of thinking about Mark. And she goes on this date with Andrew and Andrew's super cool. Like he's very chill. And they're having a good time. And then there's a point where Jade is just like, hey, I got to be honest with you. My parents put me up to this. And I'm really sorry if that hurts your feelings. I just don't want to, like, give you the wrong idea. And then he kind of laughs. And he's like, yeah, my parents put me up to it, too. And then they, it's like they immediately bond and become friends. And he's, like, telling her his way of dealing with his parents trying to set him up. He's like, so here's my system. <laughs> he's like, I go on, like, one date a year. Um, I tell them that something went wrong and then they feel really bad for setting me up wrong. You know, I messed up. The other person messed up. They take a while before they try to pitch me another date. And before I know it, it's been a year. And then this waiter comes over. Now, this was so subtle. I was like, wow. There were actually moments in the movie that were so subtle. I was like, they could have turned that up a tiny bit because <laughs> it's easy to miss. But a waiter comes by and throws water in his face. And Andrew's oh, well, this is. Well, this is after, like, because they, they become friends, and then he's just like, let's leave this fancy restaurant and go to this bar. And when they go to the bar... Oh, it's at the bar. Okay. When they when they go to the bar, there's like... Uh, she's like, do you want to tell me something? It's like, she knows that it's a gay bar. It's like, yeah, but it's such a subtle conversation that you could almost miss it but she's just like are you trying to tell me something and then he gives her a look and then she's just like oh I'm I'm heartbroken and like you know it's like yeah. a little it's like a little like yeah we're in a gay bar yeah they're in a gay, they're in a gay okay, bar okay I see I missed that they were in the gay bar but I did see the moment when the man put water on Andrew's face and it was very obviously like you fucked up you you slighted me or we hooked up and it was bad. So I did catch her like Jade catching that he was gay and being like, Oh, okay, I see ya. Cool. 
Oh yeah, um, no. I she found out once as soon as they got there. Okay. I love yeah. I love that. I thought that that was if anything, I kind of wished Andrew had been in the movie again after that, like that there had just been another conversation where Jade went and talked to him after some of the stuff went down with her parents because he was obviously someone who would get it. So it's kind of sad we didn't see him after that because I felt like they had such good friend chemistry. Yeah, yeah, totally. They go on that date and I love the way that Jade tells her parents that the date didn't go well is she tells her mom, she's like, he didn't pay for me. And then the mom, I love it. The mom's like, what a horrible person. He's <laughs> awful. She's, she's like, how like, dare he not pay for you? <laughs> and she was just like, mom when it when the bill came he he said that he forgot his wallet <laughs> and the horror but like i mean to be fair if i if i was a mom and i heard that and like it and it hadn't been like decided like unless it was like my kid was just like no i'm i'm a liberated woman we're gonna go have these if it was like you're going it's a fancy restaurant he's a doctor you don't have any money yeah, I'd be pissed off. I'd be like, what do you mean this doctor isn't paying for your food? What the fuck? Yeah, like, this is the first date strategy? How does it get from here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> and then, like, the Mark does get a hold of Jade. And, like, I don't know. I think he, like, finds her number. And he's just like, hey, can we meet up? And so they meet up. And he's just like, yeah, I didn't expect for us to, like, go to fancy dinner, but, like, you just left. Like, you didn't, like, he's like, I had to try to find you. And, and like, he, he's like, I know that you're, like, out of my league, but dang. And, and you know, Jade doesn't really tell him why, but I think he knows. I think it's implied, it's heavily implied. And she's just kind of like, I'm sorry, like, I can't do this, but can I buy you some ice cream? So they have ice cream, which is very cute. But then, like, after she's already said, I don't know if I can do this, it's clear, like, okay, they're hanging out again. <laughs> like, they got the ice cream. They're going to see each other again. And, because at the end of the ice cream, he's like, all right, well, if you decide you want to call me, my number is 555-MARK. Which, wow, amazing. 555-MARK. You know, I i wonder how much he understands it because so much of like their stuff is unspoken yeah because it, it's like she there's never a scene where she's just like you don't know my parents like my dad or what i want like there's no there's none of that which i which i appreciated in the sense that like it's not this like overdone giant thing but i do wonder how much like he understands why it's such a problem because later on he like comes by and like kisses her in front of the house and then her parents pull up and her parents treat it like you're just out here kissing boys shaming the family and it's like does mark understand like yeah i was really curious about that because part of me was like she hasn't communicated with him i'm not saying she owes him communication but like I was like he doesn't actually you haven't had a conversation so he really might not know if this is you not being sure if you like him or if it has to do with your family but then other other parts of the movie like later on after the kiss when she talks to him it it sounds like he's been told but you don't really know how much she said and you don't know how much he actually understands like if he's just like 
whatever, parents are parents and not taking into the fact that he has a different experience than she does. Yeah, I, I think that that is actually one area I feel like the film could improve is just clarifying that a little bit. Like they don't have to take away the subtlety, but just like, did they actually have a conversation where she said, my parents don't want me to date a white guy and I'm already on thin ice with acting and I don't know if it's worth it and I don't know you that well? Because we don't see that happen. And does mm-hmm. and if they do, like, does he actually try to listen to her or is he just kind of like, but I like you? <laughs> Yeah, this whole thing is like, it's just like, look at me. I'm cute. Look at my hair. I'm a little neurotic. Don't you love it? And it's, I'm sitting here being like, unfortunately, yes, I do. I know. Unfortunately, it works. <laughs> like, there's one scene where he like brings her flowers or something, and he's like, I don't know what he's trying to be supportive about. He's just being supportive. And she's like, you're obnoxiously sweet. And I'm like, that's true. He is. <laughs> We also didn't mention the fact that she has a brother, Winston, which I guess is her older brother, or maybe a little bit older, I'm not sure, who has been disowned by the family. And so that's been, that's kind of like looming over her the whole time because it's like, they don't talk to Winston, they don't see Winston, and it's because he decided to live a life that their dad didn't approve of and we never see Winston in the movie he's just kind of like a shadow there is a scene where mom the mom calls and his girlfriend picks up and she's like I don't understand Chinese speak English and then the mom was like freaking out and it's just like he's with a white girl he's living with a witch I I don't think that she was I don't no, she, like she was she was Asian I would like the movie doesn't tell like I assumed Chinese yeah. but she yeah. like you know not from China but like she was very like reactive like she recognized the Cantonese and was like I'm not doing that like I don't speak that so I felt like there was again this is another place where there wasn't like clarification but I kind of thought maybe Winston just found another person who is trying to not deal with their parents expectations because it felt reactionary like the way that she was like don't like speak English felt like she was like, I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Which, that's what I felt too. Which and I obviously like because the- she didn't have like the mom assumes she's white because the, you know, yes, that that's also something a white person would do. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That was, it was so funny. Cause it was just like, it wasn't a white girl, but like, it's like, she just couldn't fathom. <laughs> The like the nuances in terms of language is so interesting. Oh, I loved yeah. all, I loved all the Cantonese. Oh, definitely. I I loved that too. And yeah, that that scene. I wish we could have seen Winston. I understand that Win- Winston was kind of more like this looming threat versus an actual character. Like he was like, you know, the you don't want to become Winston because you won't be connected to the family. But it would have helped to at least see him, even if we didn't hear him. Just seeing him walk into the frame at the end of that shot when his girlfriend, we presume, again, we don't know, it gets off the phone with his mom and is like, speak English. You know, like even yeah. just showing her, like, turn to him and be like, your mom called again. Yeah, I would love to know, like, what I kept on trying to imagine what Winston looks like. Like, what if he has just like, really long hair and he wears like open button shirts oh I love that I hope so (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that. I yeah, that's that's what I hope. I hope that he's just like he's just like uh, his father just like thinks that he's like indecent because he just like doesn't like you know act like a proper man because the father is like his shirt is always tucked in everything's like just so he's very into like manners and whenever whenever he's upset jade will go get him some red bean buns and they have like a whole ritual where she like presents them to him and she pours him tea and she gives him like a little shoulder massage and it's like everything has to be just so for this man or he falls apart yeah like I feel like he he's like always on the edge of having a fever or something and everyone's like let's make sure the temperature is correct (laughs) so dad doesn't fall ill Yeah, this, this dad, I really, really wanted him to chill out. Like, and I mean, there were like a couple, like there's the scene where his friends just like, oh, this is like a, this is like a bouncy mattress. Let's bounce on it. Like when we were boys and then like, he like succumbs and does like a little bounce and then Jade shows up and then he immediately gets up. Like he's just like one bounce only. He's like, this is already <laughs> too much, too much bounce. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. After the kiss, you know, Jade had like meets up with Mark and is just like, you don't understand. Like, I can't hurt them. And he's like, but you can hurt me, which, oof. And it's, and it's like, he said it and it's true. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, this is a scene where both characters have very valid uh, points of view. Like, he's right. Yeah. It's not fair to him it to be like well obviously your feelings will get hurt but also yeah she's known her family far longer than you so you know it it's just sucks (laughs) like there's no good guy bad guy it's just it just sucks and they they walk away from each other and so you know you think okay is she gonna go back and do what her family wants but then she goes back to her family and she's like I need to move out I gotta do my life I gotta you know, and she doesn't even say anything about acting, but it's obviously implied. Like, if she lives in her own space, she can pursue that. She can date who she wants. She can build her own room. You know, she can have a room of her own. So that does not go over well. A room of one's own. Yeah. Her dad is, like, furious. Her mom is sad. Her sister is kind of, like, not surprised, but also, like, dang, I want to miss you. And... Jade is like, she's not moving to another city. That was the interesting thing is she's, she's like, I still want to see y'all. But the dad, the mom does like pull her aside and is like, you know, basically just like, I love you. You know, this changes things, but also like doesn't change that I love you. But the dad makes it very clear that this is a betrayal because he asks for her key. And she's like, he's like, you're not going to need it. And she's, she's like, but you know, I would. I would visit and he's like no you're not part of this family in that way so there is an an there is an, an as like a, a bit where it feels like she has become Winston now you know she has faced that it's not the same but it's very much like well unfortunately this is what I have to do yeah and the closing shot is like her closing curtains at like putting up curtains at her new place which I thought was a really lovely closing shot yeah, putting up or yeah, taking down the you know the kind of just like regular curtains and putting up like 
curtains are like her personality and she's on the phone and like Marcus coming. Yeah. And so it's like her future is bright, but there's still just like unsure like how the family situation is going to going to pan out. It's I I think from what I from what I can like glean like culturally, I think it's like the parents wanted her to stay there until she got married. So it's like you're being transferred from one household to yes. the next, one patriarch to the next. And by moving out, she's skipping that. Yeah. She's not doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like that it doesn't, the tone, it's not like, yeah, happy ending, everything's great. Fuck you, mom and dad. But it's also not just like, oh, no, I've lost everything. I feel like there's this reality of there's a grief and there's an empowerment at the same time. You know, there's the grief of not being able to make her family happy and make herself happy. And like the ways that she cannot control how her family's going to react. She cannot, you know, you can't force someone to actually interpret your actions in the way that they mean to you. But it's also not like just sad. Like it's also exciting. Like she is doing this for herself and who knows what's next. I mean, it's extra meta of course, because Sandra O oh is playing an actress and this is her first movie. And so, you know, like it's not that I think she's playing herself, but it's hard with some of the monologues where she talks about wanting to be an actress and wanting this certain life. It is very fun to think about Sandra. Oh, the actual person fulfilling that. Like we know we're in the future now that Sandra. Oh, fulfilled that. Yeah. Yeah. This is such a, such a great first movie. It's so rare to get a first film that's clearly so personal, but also like, instead of just like the normal, like indie, just like, the woman struggles and then it's over. There's so much like humor and other things to like about it. And the scene where she just like gets out of near the end where she's like, she's supposed to be going on a date. I guess, it, I guess it's with the, the doctor from earlier, but we don't see him. And then she's just like, stop the car. And then she was just like, go. And then she just runs. And I love it. Love to see yeah. a woman run and the way that she runs is like it's so beautiful she's just like crying there's so much happening on her face her Sandra O's face is just it's gorgeous it's expressive it does so like she doesn't just deliver lines like it's just such an incredible talent and that run is so amazing yeah her micro expressions yeah, yeah. I would be so curious about like if she did make a movie that was specifically about her life. Cause like, I know her, her parents are from South Korea. So obviously that's a very different. Yeah. Uh, like culture, you know, and obviously there's a lot to talk about with the actual casting. I don't really feel like it's within my wheelhouse <laughs> to speak on casting when it comes to like cultural class casting. And I know? mean the direct, but I did want to, I did want to acknowledge that so that listeners don't think that, <laughs> that like I when I said it felt like her character because she's playing an actress like sometimes it felt like oh Sandra Oh in the future like obviously you know this is not Sandra Oh's actual origin yeah the director um, is from Hong Kong so yeah. yeah it was like probably like 
like elements of her and elements of Sandra it seems like just kind of like a nice marriage of them like a nice like cohesion yeah I love that I always want to I always want to like ask people okay which part of this plot was the script writer or the director or the actor because you know that on so many sets people have these conversations and they kind of meld elements of their experiences yeah, and that's what's beautiful. So. So cinema is collaborative. There's no one author. Exactly. So this is obviously a movie, listeners, that we think you should watch. I'm very glad that we watched it. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was really nice. It was very refreshing. I'm always interested to watch more films from Canada. I, I find ca- Canadian film culture to be really fascinating, so... Yeah, this has been great. Yeah. And, you know, per usual, we love we love you. We love your re- your reviews. We have a Patreon with lots of exciting bonus episodes. I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Let's go.